It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. Delighted to have you join me for this weekend extra. I really appreciate you taking some time. And and America lost a great American in recent days. Senator John McCain of Arizona is somebody who, whether you were a Democrat, a Republican, or somebody in between, you probably admired. Somebody who gave his life in service to the United States of America, whether as a military man or a politician. And I'm really happy to say that back in the day, John McCain joined me on The Motley Fool Radio Show. The year was 2000. The month was October. And in light of his recent death, we thought, why not go back to the Fool archives and let's present, let's pull it out and present John McCain hanging out with The Motley Fool. So, he had just lost his presidential nomination to George W. Bush at the time. Bush and Gore had recently held a debate where the topic of what to do with the budget surplus was a big issue. And in fact, the first question as the interview picks up is me asking him about whether we should be paying down our debt. Without further ado, The Motley Fool's Brush with Senator John McCain. And now we're joined by U.S. Senator John McCain, Republican from Arizona. You know him as the former Republican candidate for president. You know him for his distinguished military career, whose honors include the Silver Star, Bronze Star, Legion of Merit, Purple Heart, and the Distinguished Flying Cross. U.S. Government Quiz, he is the chairman of the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation, and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Faith of My Fathers. It's now out in paperback. Senator, welcome to the Motley Fool Radio Show. Thank you, David. It's good to be back. Thank you. We at the Motley Fool place a great deal of importance on individuals paying off their debt before they use money for other purposes, particularly investing in the stock market. Let's look at the federal government. Let me ask, why shouldn't every dollar of the surplus, a big debate today, go to paying off the debt? I think that a great percentage of it should. The debt also does get paid off almost automatically when we are keeping that money in the Social Security Trust Fund and in Medicare. But I also think that we got to understand one harsh reality, and that is that if things continue as they are, by the year 2034, you can argue exactly Mm -hmm. what year, present workers, young Americans, will not receive the benefits in the same form that workers today do. Workers today are paying the retirement benefits of present retirees, not present workers. Yep. So you're going to have to change the system if you want to guarantee benefits for young Americans. So I would have, my proposal was, take about a trillion dollars of this surplus, pump it right into the Social Security Trust Fund. That makes it solvent. So you can pay off the benefits of present retirees, then allow young Americans to put 2 or 3% of that 12% of their paycheck that's going into Social Security mm-hmm. and let them invest it into a certain limited range of investments. That way they'd get as much as 5.5%, that's the average, by the way, since World War II of the stock exchange, mm-hmm. uh, return on their investment instead of 2%. That makes an enormous difference over a period of 20, 30, 40 years uh, in, uh, in, the, in the workforce. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, that's... That was my proposal. Governor Bush also wants to give private retirement accounts. I don't think the numbers add up because you've got to put some money into Social Security in order to get out of this Ponzi scheme that we're in now. Is Social Security an outdated construct? It was obviously hatched in a time where Americans really didn't have much of a grip on the stock market, and there were no 401k plans and IRAs. None of those things existed today. 
Well, we at The Motley Fool, certainly a lot of forces out there are saying, save, 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 pay yourself first. And uh, a lot of this is tax-sheltered. Is Social Security still necessary in the year 2020? Yes, because I think there are still going to be men and women who work and uh, are unable to go into the 401ks, etc., and they are going to rely on Social Security <coughs> to pay uh, to care for, for them to be able to care for themselves uh, after they retire. Okay. But I would like to see I would like to see more of those options given to, to young working Americans. And finally, uh, look, I really believe that uh, young Americans would like to take a little bit of a risk with some of their money. You know, suppose the stock market collapsed and they were wiped out. I don't think that's a likely scenario. Mm -hmm. I think the scenario is that uh, the stock market will continue to go up at a reasonable rate over time with its ups and downs, and people end up with more money than they otherwise would have. And there's going to be no repeal of the Social Security taxes that they pay. Mm -hmm. The question is, is what do you do with it? Do you let it draw 2% or less interest, or do you be able to put it into some kind of private retirement account? And by the way, people pay a whole lot more attention to what happens to their tax dollars if it's in an account with their name on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we certainly agree with that. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Motley Fool Radio Show. David Gardner here talking with Senator John McCain. And, Senator, one of the things that we do whenever we have somebody well-known on The Motley Fool Radio Show is we like to ask them to look back over their lives and identify what, in retrospect, was their smartest and their dumbest investment. Now, it might have been a way you spent money or a way you spent time. But, Senator McCain, what have been your smartest and your dumbest investments? Well, I think the dumbest investment of my time was uh, I had been on an aircraft carrier in uh, the Gulf of Tonkin in 1967, and we'd had a terrible fire. It was tragedy. The ship was so badly damaged it was going to have to go back to the United States. We came back to the Philippines, and I'd been we'd been there a few days, and a, and a guy came over from another aircraft carrier and said, we're looking for volunteers to go over to this other aircraft carrier. The name of it was the Ariskany mm-hmm. because they've been losing pilots. And uh, to this day, I'm not quite sure why my arm went up. I volunteered, went over <laughs> to the other carrier, and several months later was shot down and mm. became a prisoner of war. So I think that was a bad investment <laughs> of my time. <laughs> I think probably, I think probably the best in, in investment of my time really has been my life since I was 17 when I entered the Naval Academy. I've I've had uh, a glorious life, a wonderful and colorful life. I've had more experiences than anybody I know, and uh, I've been probably the most fortunate man that uh, that you will ever interview, with, uh, given all the experiences and all the aspects of life that I've been able to enjoy and sometimes not enjoy. <laughs> so, uh, looking at your most recent book, Faith of My Fathers, I want to switch gears for a sec, since, since we're talking about your life now. What would you like people to take away from that book? Uh, it's a story of th- three uh, generations of Americans who were imperfect men who found redemption in serving their country's cause. Uh, And they were associated with some of the great events in history. My grandfather in World War II, my father in World War II, Korea and Vietnam, Mm -hmm. um, and myself, of course, um, having had the very, uh, very somewhat unusual experience of having spent time in Hanoi Hilton as a guest of the North Vietnamese for five and a half years. So, uh, that, and, and so it's a book about 
a lot of it's uh, very adventurous. There's a story in there about my grand, my father as a submarine commander, in World War II, being depth charged by the Japanese, and even a grappling hook that they used to drop from fishing boats rattle across the the, the uh, submarine as they were underwater and they ran out of oxygen. And it was, you know, it, there's some kind of exciting stories in there as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's the biggest way an experience like, like being a POW changes you? I think it makes you recognize how in life we are not just individuals who can sustain and and, and take care of ourselves. I think uh, I learned in prison that I was dependent upon encouragement, the leadership, and the love and affection of those around me. Mm-hmm. I, I think it gave me that really s- significant appreciation. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's close with a, a little game we always play on the Motley Fool Radio Show. It's our buy-sell-hold game. And in this, I'll be asking you not about a stock, but about a person, concept, or event. And I'll be asking you whether you're buying, selling, or holding okay. that thing. And then maybe a sentence or two about why. Great. Okay, let's begin with... Taxing e-commerce. Are you buying, selling, or holding? I am holding because mm-hmm. I don't. I believe that some form of taxation may be quote emphasized may be necessary, but uh, I would not want to choke this baby still in its cradle or maybe entering its its uh, its its early teens. Mm-hmm. This technology, but at the same time, I understand that there's loss of revenue from to local communities, uh, states, uh, etc. But they would have to work out some kind of universal system that would apply all across the country mm-hmm. before I would sign on. I believe you're going to see the moratorium which on Internet taxation, which uh, doesn't expire till next October. I think it's most likely we would extend that, and I would support it. Okay. Next, buying, selling, or holding. How about the chance of meaningful campaign finance reform in the next 12 months? Buying, I will not allow the Russ Feingold and I will not allow the Senate to proceed next year until we take up and dispose of campaign finance reform. Um, it's 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 reached such epidemic proportions and it is having such a pernicious effect not only on our campaigns but the way we do business here that it has become evil and causes corruption. Okay, Senator. Next, buy, sell, or hold Napster. Uh, a tough one. I, I I believe that I would hold, and 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 here's why: um, the record recording industry is going to have to understand that this new technology is going to have to be get, uh, accommodated to. I believe that uh, this young man made a very important point when he pointed out that CD sales are up rather than down as a result of Napster and MP3 and others. And so I think you're going to see an eventual some kind of accommodation between the industry and uh, the Napsters and MP3s of this world, because one is one reason being is that you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. it uh, the technology is so incredibly proliferating that people will be able to use it no matter what. It'll be like uh, trying to get rid of the ants at a picnic. <laughs> okay, a, f- a few more quick ones to sure. close. Senator, buy, sell, or hold a McCain-Ventura presidential bid anytime in the future. Buy, sell, or hold? Buy, sell, and hold. He's one of the most marvelous guys that I've ever <laughs> met, but I, I I love the Republican Party, the party of Abraham Lincoln and, and Theodore Roosevelt. I wouldn't leave it, but he's probably the most entertaining man I've been around in politics. By the way, he and I have three things in common. One, 
We were both in the United States Navy. Two, I was a mediocre high school and college wrestler. And three, <laughs> I wear a feathered boa around the Senate from time to time. <laughs> okay, the very final one, and this comes from an, a guy who also has a brother. Um, buy, sell, or hold Senator McCain, the acting career of your brother, Joe McCain. Sell. <laughs> 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 Senator John McCain, Republican of Arizona, and author of The Faith of My Fathers. It's now out in paperback, the New York Times bestseller, and of course, so many other wonderful things and a great career. Thank you very much for spending a little Thank time you, on the Molly Phil Radio Show. Full on. Talk to you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For those longtime Motley Fool Radio Show fans, you'll remember we used to do that, our buy, seller hold, and it was fun to hear that again and hear some of his replies and What I appreciate about John McCain is his willingness, first of all, to play that game with us and to be accessible, to make himself vulnerable before a foolish audience and go over what we went with him. But I I think that most of all, I think he loved this country. And I love our country. And I know many listening right now are from another country because, good news, this podcast reaches across all borders. But I think that John McCain was a very admirable American and somebody about whom I'm proud to say we're fellow Americans. So I appreciate him taking the time to do his brush with the Motley Fool. And Senator McCain, you will be missed. And so this concludes this weekend special. I'll be back this coming week with one of my five stock samplers. Five stocks to help you beat the market in the year ahead and look back at our very first group of five stock samplers picked at the start of this podcast years ago. Really looking forward to that. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Fool on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.